This is TechWave, a Gartner IT podcast. Previously, talking technology. Thanks, everybody, for joining. My name's Whit Andrews. This is Gartner TechWave. Today, we'll do another edition of the Maverick Maybe. The Maverick Maybe feature on our podcast allows us to examine some Maverick research that Gartner's recently produced. And we'll tell you more about Maverick research in a moment. But what's important is that um, I I start out with a sense that maybe this is something incredible that I don't agree with. And I decide to add maybes to the score until we get to the end, where if I've gone all the way up to five maybes, that means that I think it's absolutely true. But if I'm at zero maybes, that means I think it's absolutely false. Let me be clear. It's not really critical that somebody convince me. We believe that the Maverick program is a great way to start conversations about emerging trends, emerging technologies, even societal disruptions, um, or other kinds of cultural issues that we think are critical for IT leaders uh, and other leaders in an organization to understand. So today, the Maverick maybe will allow me to learn about one of those new examples and find out whether or not I believe it's true. So, um, Marty, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the Maverick program, I'd be delighted. Go right ahead. Great. Well, my name is Marty Resnick, and I lead or co-lead the Maverick program along with Lizzie, who I'm sure you'll meet, and Frank Beitendike as well. Uh, And as you mentioned, Maverick is uh, really this way of thinking and, and this new way of doing research at Gartner that we officially called unconventional and disruptive research and insights. It's this idea that we're unbound by our typical consensus formation process we have as analysts. And then as analysts, we can now take more minority positions and eliminate constraints. We can introduce new topics and my favorite, explore longer time horizons or even experiment with new research design. So there's really no limits to what we can do in Maverick um, as long as uh, it benefits the client and is thought provoking. Excellent. That's wonderful. I, uh, I'm, I've been associated with the Maverick program myself since uh, I think the first year, which was 2008. So I'm, I'm always delighted to have these conversations. Um, Lizzie and Ben are our authors today. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Um, Lizzie, go ahead. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us who you are and, and how you fit into Gardner. Thanks, Whit. Um, I'm Lizzie Fukian. I'm a VP analyst uh, in our Gartner for Marketers practice. I cover marketing data and analytics, uh, including topics like customer data management, uh, marketing analytics technology, uh, and the ever-present topic of customer data platforms. Um, And I'm joined by Ben today, too. Wonderful. Ben, go ahead. Thanks, Lizzie. Uh, My name is Ben Bloom. I'm a VP analyst in our marketing practice as well. I cover marketing technologies, so the ecosystem of technologies and sort of the portfolio management strategies for addressing the vast array of technologies that marketers buy. I also cover a number of technologies in specific that are primarily technologies that use customer data for insight, for orchestration or measurement, and customer data platforms are a passion of mine along with questions around how you can be effective while not necessarily over-investing in technology. Terrific. Thanks. Good to have you both on the, on, the, on the program today. Thank you so much for joining. When we have Maverick research on the podcast, uh, the feature type is called the Maverick Maybe. And what I try to do is learn what the premise is, uh, determine 
Um, why uh, it seems to be disruptive, why not everybody within the Gartner ecosystem would agree with it, and then determine, um, you know, whether I myself am convinced. Um, there's a five maybe scale. A zero maybes means I absolutely don't think it's going to happen. Five maybes means that I'm pretty well convinced. But reaching five maybes is certainly not essential. Um, one of the points of Maverick Research is indeed that it be sufficiently disruptive or, 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 uh, or even disagreeable such that uh, not every Gartner analyst or even a consensus would agree with it. So with that, um, I'd love to hear what the premise of, uh, of your note is today. I mean, the idea is that, that, that a 360 degree view of the customer is, is undesirable. Maybe even that the process of trying to get to it is pernicious. Uh, Ben or Lizzie, tell me a little bit about this premise and, and, and how you got to it. Sure. So at the central, the central point of our research is looking at what we call a strategic planning assumption. And we're looking at the fact that we think by 2026, 80% of organizations pursuing a 360 degree view of the customer are going to abandon it. And the reason they're going to abandon it is because it doesn't adhere to privacy regulations. It relies on obsolete data collection methods and it totally obliterates customer trust. Um, these are, it, it comes up time and time again, like this is a conversation we are having with clients on a daily basis. Um, yet we're finding uh, over the course of at least the last five years that I've been at Gartner and the 10 years prior to that, that I was a practitioner, that the quest of getting to a 360 degree view never ends. Um, it's a bit like, uh, uh, the snipe hunt, if you will. You're mm. always looking for mm -hmm. the bird in the forest, but uh, you're going to be left holding the bag. Okay, Lizzie, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think that you were at my Boy Scout camp, and yet somehow you have <laughs> caused memories of the snipe hunt, the search for the left-handed hammer, and the assignment to go get a reel of shoreline all to appear in my memory. Now, I I'm going to say, I, I, do, I do know that we have an international... Um, international uh, listening group. So let me tell you a little bit about what Lizzie's describing there. The idea of a snipe hunt is the idea that you will assign somebody who is uh, inexperienced, um, a neophyte, if you will, to go and uh, collect, um, in the case of a snipe, it's an actual bird. Um, and so the idea is that you, uh, you, you tell somebody uh, to go and wait for the snipe, usually with a burlap sack, and they, you tell them that the bird will be along. Lizzie, I am going to admit that because I'm a bird watcher, I was actually probably one of the worst uh, victims of this in the history of the Boy Scouts of, the, of America, because I actually knew what a snipe was, knew what it looked like, and was really excited to learn that a bird I'd never seen before was apparently at the pond. So it was, it was, a, it was an ugly day for me. Okay, we don't want that quest to happen for people. So what I'm hearing is the quest is not going to have a successful outcome but in so many different aspects of uh, IT strategy, the outcome is, is quixotic at best anyway, right? So the idea behind making all your data searchable, I used to cover search technology, the quest was worthy even if it wouldn't occur. Um, the idea of installing single sign-on, the quest is desirable even if some applications don't respond, and I speak from experience on that. 
Um, ben, tell us a little bit about why it's not worth doing the quest at all. So, you know, even the, the famous Quixotic quest, right? The, the Don Quixote's quest was, was, was worthy, even if it wasn't successful. But that's not true here. Tell us more. Well, I think we find the premise leads you down roads that have increasingly high barriers to success. Hmm. And so if in the, you know, the, the, the quixotic dream, you would say that the end goal is somehow intrinsically worthy and the journey you know, leads you down a virtuous path. I oh. think our suggestion is that that's not quite true with a 360 degree view of the customer for both pragmatic reasons, which is that in conversations with Gartner clients, we're finding that the more data you seek to acquire on the customer mm -hmm. and to link behavior and identity and their attitudes across such a wide range of their kind of particular nature that there are just diminishing returns yeah. uh, on a marginal basis, right? The yep. more data you seek to acquire, the more friction there is. And so in a world in which there are changes in the regulatory environment, changes in the way that big tech will look at particular uh, elements of their platforms, whether yep. it's web browsers or digital mm -hmm. advertising. And that combination is only going to make that friction more significant. Yeah. And so in the face of a pragmatic question about, is this achievable? Our view is increasingly that the more you try to do this, the harder it's going to get. And that to me feels like the end actually is going to get further and further away rather mm -hmm. than you know, asymptotically closer. Well, okay, now that's interesting. But what you're saying is that this is a little bit more like what happened to me when I was taught how to swim, which was that somebody backed away from me until, uh, you know, I got to the other side of the pool, right? So, I, but, but there's no other side, right? I'm just going to keep swimming until I weary and then, and then tragedy happens. Okay, so Lizzie, 360 degree view of the customer, not a great idea. Fair. How many degrees? How many degrees do I want to go for? And how do I know when I've reached that level, right? Because 360 degrees is an asymptote. I'm never going to reach that. And actually, I probably can't even define it. Or we begin to get into some other kind of philosophical paradox where the data is actually equivalent to the, the thing about which we're gathering the data in the first place. So how far do I go? If I'm in IT right now, I'm hearing this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to my chief marketing officer and say that 360 degree view of the customer is not only unachievable, it's not a good idea. That marketing officer, he, she, or they is going to turn to me and say, okay, very well. How many degrees? Lizzie, how many degrees? It's interesting because I've, I think that that's like the knee jerk reaction. And then a knee jerk reaction is to say, well, if I'm not getting 360, then how many degrees do I need to can find? I get? What's the how magic number? How many degrees can I get, man? Okay. Um, and I think that that, that misses the point. Like it doubles okay. down on this pursuit of customer data and, what we're saying is that in a world where um, privacy regulations mount, where data, you know, tracking methods, there are a multitude of tracking methods that are soon to be obsolete yeah. and customer trust is obliterated, the, the businesses stand to differentiate by focusing and refocusing on 
um, on their value disciplines. And it's mm -hmm. kind of a, a concept from the business literature from about 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's this idea that the best businesses are those that focus on one, sometimes two of these disciplines. So they're going to focus on customer intimacy, which mm -hmm. isn't the same thing as customer, you know, having a lot of customer data, but focusing on how you're solving problems for your customers. Um, but also focusing on product and product excellence, as mm -hmm. well as operational efficiencies. Um, and so we look at a number of examples in, in, in organizations of those that are doing that well. Um, we bring up, uh, for example, uh, Tesla, where, you know, they don't necessarily have a focus on customer data per se. Yeah. In yeah. fact, they've dissolved their entire PR and marketing function, which is a maybe a whole other Maverick perspective, right? That you should dissolve your PR and marketing function. We'll say that for another day. Um, but they're they're doubling down on product, you know, and the fact that their cars are generating so much data um, that they're enabling this full self-driving uh, capability, or at least the beta of that capability that's out today. Um, and that's one example. Uh, huh. Something that might be uh, more, um, another translatable example could be um, Costco, which arguably has a boatload of customer data, yeah. but that's couched in their memberships and that's where they make their dollars. Um, right. And so putting those those together, you know, you really get a sense for the fact that in, in a world where we're pursuing maybe you know, we might be losing data about customers, yeah. yet we're gaining a, a rich ecosystem of data that I think we're leaving to the side. You know, mm. it's the, the data we're getting from the connected devices, from sensors, from mm -hmm. um, the devices that we're wearing. And it's not necessarily tied to a customer, um, mm -hmm. but it still has great potential and something that organizations can unlock if they look at uh, not only the value of a customer, but um, you know the, the the product and the operations as well. Hmm. It's interesting. So 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 I, I take that message. Now I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to admit that you guys jumped me very quickly to to three maybes on in terms of the credibility of your argument. I found it very credible, very fast. Um, everything that you lay out around concerns around privacy and what a customer might experience, uh, concerns about um, about regulatory uh, variety, right? So different 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 regulations uh, on a on a nation by nation basis, but of course, famously, uh, in the United States, you have um, very uh, states that are aggressive regulators and strongly concerned with issues of privacy, like California. But then you have other states with different approaches, and obviously, you have a national retailer. Um, and all of that, that, that fits in. I mean, it, it, everything that you say makes sense. And in, in fact, just in the last uh, several days, I've deepened my relationship to a, to a, to a, to a retailer here of home goods. And um, I was really happy to have a deep relationship to them when it became clear that they would keep track of the paint that I was putting up um, on the walls, uh, you know, for all time, which is really cool. But on the other hand, I didn't necessarily feel like it was important that they understand, you know, every piece of hardware that I bought. So that, you know, that that, that makes sense to me. And, and I also get what you're saying about the value of being able to respond in ways that may be different from responding to the customer. So Ben and Lizzie, let me ask you a question to, to build on this. Um, 
it strikes me that what I'm hearing is that the idea of a 360 degree view of the customer is kind of a recapitulation of the idea of what it should be like to serve a customer directly. So it's almost like the idea that you would have a butler who followed the customer not only through your store, not only on your in your online or, or mobile uh, or other environments, but through their home. And, you know, that was appealing when we were trying to translate all of our real world experiences into digital experiences. But I think what I'm hearing from you is there's something fundamentally different about experience in a digital world. Um, and Lizzie, you've used the phrase in a world several times to the point where, you know, I keep it, I keep falling into a movie trailer where I'm like, in a world where the retailer could follow everything you did, that's not a great idea. What the retailer should be doing is focusing on what you need, not who you are. Um, am I overstating what I'm hearing from you, or does that align to to the argument you're making in the Maverick? Well, I mean, if, if the movie trailer was about the volcanic eruption that we see mm -hmm. potentially happening as it relates to the consumer's interest in their own data, <laughs> uh, as it relates to uh, regulators who are interested in how businesses use data, yeah. the future of the sort of data brokers and some of the other uh, aggregators of data who help businesses to augment the data that they don't necessarily have. Right? Yeah. If that's a volcanic eruption, I have been looking at the uh, you know scientists who study volcanic eruptions, yeah. and they start to talk about how it might be a lot more effective to try to predict when the volcano is going to erupt than to uh, go bankrupt, erecting barriers to try to channel the flow of lava away from your city. And right. so uh, right. I think, you know, that from makes the, sense. I mean, like I've, the, I've read the control of nature and we're not all Iceland. We don't all have access to infinite quantities of extremely cold seawater to protect our harbor. So I get what you're saying there. That makes sense. And, and that's, uh, and so in, in the world of business, you know, you have yeah. to, I truly come back to this idea of what if you could get 60 or 80% of the benefit for 20% of the cost. Isn't that a smart business decision, especially as we're trying to be agile to prove that something works before we go all in on it? And I think in that regard, this starts to be, well, let's kind of de-scope this. Let's try to figure out what data we really need that's going to make a difference to the customer. And let's yeah. do a much more thoughtful exercise before we start pursuing both technology or capability investments. It sounds to me like you're actually trying to relieve the pressure in the in the fault. Um, thanks to Lizzie for taking me back to Boy Scouts, and thanks to Ben for taking me back to the science fair. That's really been great. So that's I've 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 now spent more time in middle school today than I did in middle school. Um, okay, so th that makes sense. Now I'm thinking about what the customer wants genuinely. I am preparing for the fact that they don't want to feel surveilled. I am gathering a different data set. And I still have the outcome of, of organizational success um, at the beacon of the customer's desire in mind. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. What does IT do, right? So, uh, you know, IT is about to go to the chief marketing officer and tell him, her, or them, your, your customer 360 mandate is not what we should do. What we should do instead is this, what do they tell them? Well, I think it comes back to some of those value disciplines, like uh -huh. organizations, as 
on a debate with a handful of other analysts a day or two ago, and we were questioning this, you know, this is TBD, but we were questioning, like, what do we tell organizations? Like, if we're moving away from the customer being at the center of everything, then what do we put at the center of our marketing efforts? And, yeah. you know, I think what we're looking for is um, how we, uh, how we create experiences, how we tailor help in the context of the services that we provide or the product that we provide or uh, the, the ease of use kind of that we create for, yeah. um, for those that, that we're marketing to and that are using our products. Um, that's bold. I mean, it's, it's, when I think about IT, I think that, you know, this comes back to the fact that IT has the opportunity to seize some strategic messaging here and say, this is the direction that we should be going as an organization. These are the limitations we think we should adopt. Um, and these are the directions that we can take in order to deliver value. Um, that is uh, an extraordinary message and really does demand a, a lot of leadership. Ben, what will you add to that before we wrap up? Well, organizations that are acquiring technology really need to be focused on the why. Why does this technology uh, deliver value that customers yep. want? Organizations yep. haven't really been focused on, you know, even if the, the idea of an exchange of value in marketing is something that's a decades old direct marketing concept. Yep. I think organizations need to, in this new world, find a way for any data that the customer volunteers, which arguably you want to be high quality and useful, Yep. has a justification in the enterprise for the fact that it's going to be acquired and used to deliver value back to that customer, not just to measure or uh, surveil the customer in terms of trying to figure out you know, what they might want uh, three years down the road or in some other cross-sell capacity. And that's a mindset shift that can inform technology decisions as well as validate the marketing tactics and, and other uh, activities across you know, customer care or commerce that might be pursued by the organization as well. And that's a really great point, Ben. Um, I, you know, I'm struck by what we read recently where we saw an example from you know, one customer or one client who said they'd collected you know, something like 50,000 pieces of data in yep. pursuit of a 360 view, yet they found they only needed 48,000 or they found they didn't need 48,000 of them. And so, you know, when I think about it too, I always go back to those, those use cases and how do you measure and making sure that you're measuring whether you're delivering against those use cases uh, as being keys to making sure that these tech investments are worthwhile and these investments in collecting and activating customer data are worthwhile. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, this has been the, the most, uh, this has been the most productive uh, trip through middle school that I've had in a really long time. Um, I can't be grateful. I can't be grateful enough for, for, for both the opportunity to touch on those memories and imagine just for a moment what it would be like if uh, all of the uh, organizations that I did business with when I was 13 still knew everything about me that they could have learned then because really what a fabulous opportunity that would be. So with that, I'm, I'm definitely going to four maybes on the customer 360 is not the right strategy point of view. And I'll start uh, talking to the clients that I talk to about things that are adjacent to this uh, about that as well. Lizzie, Ben, thank you so much for joining us on Gartner Tech Wave today. This has been a real pleasure. Thanks for the invite, Whit. Thanks for having me. 
For more out-of-the-box thinking, join us at Gartner IT Symposium Expo to access all the Maverick sessions. From technology trends to strategic models, you'll be immersed in insights that enable faster, smarter decisions and achieve your most critical priorities. Discover everything you need for your organization to perform better. Advice, strategies, tools. Gartner IT Symposium Expo in Orlando, Florida, October 18th through 21st, 2021. Register at Gartner.com. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.